1: And as usual, we're back at it with CCO's uh, Car Care Show. Danny Long here, along with ASC certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul, which might be a little slick this morning. I'm not sure. Dan, good morning, and uh, good to, good to hear from you again. How was driving this morning? You know, I didn't.
0: I'm at I'm uh, at my in home studio, so oh. I haven't been out yet. But uh, yeah. but uh, it looks uh, it looks like it's plenty slip, slippery. That's yeah, we we'll sure.
1: advise our listeners to uh, be careful out there. Thirty-one is the official temp. In fact, we we have a text about uh, about snow tires. Maybe that's uh, perfect for uh, <clears throat> for a day like this. Uh, if you're new to the show, thanks for checking us out. Dan has been answering these questions here on CCU for many many years. And uh, you don't have to be a motorhead or a gearhead to, to ask, you know, any detailed questions, any kind of a car care question. Uh, we welcome those either by phone or by text. If you uh, want to chat with Dan, great. Uh, you want to send him a text. Either way, the number to do it is 651-461-9226. But keep in mind, Dan will take his leave in about uh, a little over a half hour or so from now. So uh, uh, time is of the essence. So call or text as soon as you come up with your uh, car care question, 651 This one, in fact, we've had this, uh, I know, in, show, in past shows, Dan, with rear-wheel drive cars, texter says, listener says, do I need all four snow tires, or can I just put it on the,
0: the, uh, the drive wheels? Well, as we've talked a lot about snow tires, Denny, you don't need to put them on all four wheels, however... I would sure recommend it because you will sure notice a difference when it comes to handling uh, your car in the snow and on the ice. And uh, and it used to be we used to just put snow tires on the rear of the vehicle on a two-wheel drive car back in the old days because they were not... Uh, driver friendly, you know, they were loud and uh, and uncomfortable to ride on, and uh, you know, didn't work good on dry pavement, all that sort of stuff. Nowadays, with radial snow tires, the ba- other than the traction, you basically can't tell the difference. They're quiet, they're comfortable, they're soft. They're, I mean, they they work great. So uh, I think that if I was bothering to put any snow tires on my vehicle, I for sure would put all four of them on.
1: Yeah, and and you've talked to in past shows too for years how great these these newer, and I say that in quotes, snow tires are now. Word of caution, you can't drive those in, in warm weather. What actually will happen to that rubber?
0: Well, you know, actually, Denny, that is changing to Oh, really? The, the uh, materials they'll make, making the, winter tires out of are certainly softer and they certainly wear faster on hot dry pavement but uh, they're way better than they used to be uh, as far as that's concerned. So we do have some people that you know don't drive much and they just run their snow tires all year round and uh, it seems to work fine. Uh, You know I wouldn't say that they wear out significantly premature probably a little bit sooner than than conventional all-season tires but but it's not as bad as it used to be and what it used to be is that the you know to in order to make the snow tires grip on snow and ice they made them out of very out of a very soft compound and when you would heat that compound up on the hot summer roads uh, the rubber would just come right off you know it's like like a race car uh you know uh, uh, like on a nascar track that you know they can't even go a hundred miles on those things because they're so soft and grippy but uh but uh no I think that that's improved, and uh some people are are running them at you know just as a, a snow tire as an all season tire all year round
1: hmm interesting. I was looking at some text messages from listeners uh when our big recent snowfall uh, happened here a week or so ago. Uh, and some people were saying, yeah, I got snow tires. They were great. Kind of what you've said all along for years. If you haven't experienced them, they really make a difference on on snow. However, on, on the, other, the, other, the other side of that coin where people say, well, if you don't really drive that much, uh, all season tires are plenty good. I guess well, that's probably true, too. Side of that coin where people say, well, if you don't really drive that much, uh, all season tires are plenty good. I guess well, that's probably true, too.
0: Yeah, and, you know, on a morning like this, if you have the option, don't go out and drive on these slippery roads. If if you just wait a little while, the roads will just be wet and they won't be icy at all. And uh, so if you have that option, uh, that's a good inexpensive option, too. Just stay home.
1: Yeah. Speaking of options, you have the option of either calling Dan and chatting with him, which is always great to do, or send him a text with any kind of a car care question you have in mind. If you need to bring in your vehicle for service and you want to know what the heck could be ailing, call us or text us, 651 Texter says this, uh, Dan, do you think electric cars have more or fewer mechanical problems than gas-powered cars?
0: well I don't you know it's a little soon to tell yeah, because there it's just not a fair comparison there's so many more internal combustion engines on the road than uh, electric vehicles and uh, but we certainly have uh, done work on electric vehicles we've done tires and and we've done brakes and you know we've done all of the accessory type stuff uh, that uh, goes on with electric vehicles. Recently, this past uh, month or so, we did one where the where the critters had gotten in there and chewed on the EV uh, wiring harness, and that was complicated because the entire harness had to be replaced. But, uh, you know, I think that in many ways... The only difference is the drivetrain. You know, the engine and transmission on an electric—I mean, if you even want to use those (laughs) terms—on an electric vehicle is different than the engine and transmission on an internal combustion engine. And boy, I tell you what, the internal combustion engine is pretty dependable and reliable nowadays. Also, so I don't know. I can't give a, a fair answer just because that you know there's just not enough data out there. In, in our business, where we've seen enough of the electric vehicles to uh, say if they're dependable and reliable. Well, but on one top thing of thing that... that I, yeah, one ahead. thing that I would say is that, uh, unlike the internal combustion engine on a lot of the electric vehicles, we haven't seen a common problem that's happening to all of them, you know, on no. a specific line. Yeah. And so I think they're, they're pretty darn dependable and pretty reliable. I guess that's at least my initial instinct is I think they're going to be pretty dependable.
1: Plus in the mix right now, you've got hybrids, which uh, a lot of folks drive too. And
0: yeah. And, and, and for me personally, I think that's the best answer. I, yeah. I, like, I like my internal combustion engine, probably always will. And I think that if I could get a combination of both, uh, that might be the right answer for me.
1: At least right now, for sure. All right, Dan, hang on. We're going to take a quick break. Again, inviting our listeners. We've got a bunch of text messages that just came in. 651-461-9226. 31 degrees in the Twin Cities. Uh, as far as the uh, current conditions, weather folks are saying light freezing drizzle is falling. And again, we remind you to please be cautious if you need to get out there. Uh watch could be very slick in many spots around the uh, parts of CCO line experiencing these these uh, winter weather advisory conditions. So keep that in mind. Again, 31 degrees on this Saturday from News Talk 830. WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here along with AOC certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Uh, Dan, tell everybody where you guys are located there at Lloyd's.
0: Well, we are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give a call, 651-228-1316.
1: Told my son, Trooper Tony, he's got to, as soon as he gets off duty one of these days, he needs an oil change, he tells me, and I told him. I was going to say I told him where to go, but he knows where to go, and uh, you'll be seeing him one of these days too. I'm,
0: oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and that's yeah. got a nice ring to it, Trooper Tony. Trooper it? Tony, yes, yes, <laughs> he'll
1: smile as he gives you his speeding ticket. Uh, <laughs> let's grab a phone call this morning. Jerry is uh, calling in from uh, Minnetonka, I believe. Jerry, thanks for waiting. What's your question for for Dan?
0: Good morning, good morning, Dan and guys. This is Jerry. I have uh, I got a '95 Jeep <laughs> YJ. It's a four cylinder motor, and it's from Alabama its whole life. I, this is the first time in the winter with it, and it's, uh, I can't get it to idle. When it gets fully warmed up, it'll idle, but until then, it will that idle. So can I adjust that? I, I forget. I didn't hear what year it was. It's a 1995 was it- Jeep. By J. Forsome. Okay. Um, well, that's a interesting question because it's old enough that it's kind of in between, and uh, officially, there's probably not uh, any sort of, of uh, adjustment for idle control because it's 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 an old fashioned computer system. But it certainly has a computer system that is trying to control the. Um, the idle, and if it's a if it's a vehicle, I'm sure it's got low mileage at or it it has been driven little at that if it's that old and still on the road, and so I think what you're probably going to find is that some carbon has plugged up uh, the idle control ports. Um, you know, we used to have trouble with the EGR system getting plugged. With carbon, and that certainly will affect the idle. It it could be as simple as the um, the air intake uh, door is is carboned up, and uh, that's actually a very very simple thing to clean um, and and improve the idle. But I think before I tried to override the computer with doing any sort of adjustments, I would try doing some maintenance type stuff on it. <clears throat> which would be having the throttle, you know, intake cleaned and the uh, fuel injectors and the throttle body itself have that cleaned real good. And uh, and if if that doesn't take care of it before I had it uh, um, I did, and did any adjustment on it, I would also bring it in and see if I could have it professionally diagnosed and see what the deal is, what's happening to the idle. And I suspect that Somewhere along the way, it's not getting the air that it needs at idle to uh, to have it idle good.
1: Okay. Thanks, Jerry. Texter says this. Is it okay to drive in four-wheel high for long periods of time in my F-150 in the snow?
0: Yes. In the snow, yes. It's just fine. Uh, <clears throat> what you don't want to do, in, and you actually out on the highway, it's fine to drive that way too, but... But uh, in town when you're turning and you know, doing things like that, it's hard on the drivetrain uh, in four-wheel high uh, just because it's, there's, it's not free-wheeling the way that you want it to be. But in the snow, absolutely, you can drive with it in four-wheel high.
1: And we're going to break for weather here momentarily, but this uh, listener says, When buying a used car, what testing should be done to assure a good working vehicle like compression test, etc. cetera?
0: Yeah, well, it's a it's a 40 uh, item check that we do on a vehicle. So, uh compression I don't worry so much about because um with the new computer control, if if one cylinder is weak, uh we're going to be able to find that, you know, by by looking uh and also by the way the engine's running. But uh, more importantly, there's a whole bunch of other things that need to be, you know, with regards to uh, brakes and suspension, and you know the we will scan the, the uh, engine computer to see if there's and transmission computer to see if there's any code stored in there. All sorts of things like that. But uh, my recommendation is for sure, no doubt, bring it in and have it professionally inspected. Uh, before you buy any vehicle.
1: All right, that's good advice. Hang on, Dan. We'll have a look at that forecast, and then be right back with more car care. Dan will be with us oh till uh, close to seven forty-five this morning here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to the remaining minutes of our Car Care Show. Denny Long here, along with Dan Burns, ASE Certified Technician at Lloyd's Automotive on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Dan, I know we have a limited time here, so let's see how many folks we can help out before you take your leave. Here's one. Uh, listeners driving to Myrtle Beach in January. Any maintenance besides my regular oil change I should consider before such a trip?
0: Well I don't know, um, I don't know that uh, you need to do any maintenance, but when you take it in for your regular oil change, if you mention it to your shop that uh, you are taking that trip they will appreciate that and so will you because they'll look at a couple of things a little more closely like tires and 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 things like that uh, to make sure that you are prepared for your trip but uh, when I'm working on a car, I always appreciate to know. Uh, if their plans are something different than routine so that I can look a little closer in, in the right areas. Yeah, that makes sense. Here's a
1: 2004 Chev uh, uh, Silverado uh, texter says, my driver's side seat heater no longer heats. My mechanic doesn't work on seat heaters. Where can I get it fixed? Thanks for a great show. You guys yeah, have well, done
0: that. We ha- We certainly have done that. And there's lots of shops in town that will be glad to work on your seat heater. Uh, obviously the first thing to do is check and make sure that you have power and ground to the seat heater. And if you do, then uh, quite commonly it's the grid that's actually in the seat itself that has failed. It's uh, kind of a flexible thing and it's pretty easy for uh, the wiring and that to get broken because you're sitting on the seat all the time. And so quite commonly that happens. And it is a little bit complicated because you have to take the you know, on a, on a Silverado, probably a le- a, the leather uh, off the seat itself and replace that grid. And so it can be a little bit complicated, but uh, but like I say, lots of shops, including Lloyd's Automotive, does do that, and, uh, and uh, it can certainly be fixed. Good. Dexter
1: says, my Camry, I drive about 5,000 miles a year. With that mileage, do I change the oil one time a year or change it every six
0: months, regardless of mileage? <laughs> uh, whatever makes you feel better <laughs> it makes me feel better if I see somebody's car twice a year and I know that's a little premature on your oil change um, but uh, there's other things that can happen in the interim and Denny we used to uh, say when a, a while ago when we were doing the show that I want to see your car quarterly and I, I still kind of do but the world has just changed it do, it doesn't go that way anymore yes. but but I'm not comfortable if I don't see your car a couple times a year just to look it over and, and see all that's going on and and be sure that everything about it is still good.
1: Yeah, you're right. Like you said, things can happen in between. Um, 2011 Grand Caravan, driver's slider doors closed won't unlock, not mechanically with the button, not electrically. Is there any way to open the side panel to see what's going on the inside panel
0: there is and we've certainly have done it and it's complicated to try and get that panel off when the door is stuck in the closed position Um, if i was working on it i would try a few things to trick it uh, to see if i can get it to open you know using my computer scan tool and things like that but if not and, and I certainly have seen it where there's something broken inside the door itself and there's no fixing it except to get that panel off. And I can't describe how I would do it, but I will tell you that I have never failed at getting one off when I had to. So uh, it certainly can be done.
1: A 2020 Buick, it says here, do you use the auto settings on the climate control in the winter or just heat settings?
0: Uh, well, I I think on not just a Buick, but any car, you know, the auto setting is, that, is set there for a reason, so that it will uh, control the the climate and keep it at a steady temperature. And I the only time that I switch mine off of auto is if I have people in the car or whatever, and the windows won't stay clear, then I will switch it to the defrost mode. But pretty much I always drive with my... Uh, heating and air conditioning system set uh, in the auto mode.
1: Okay. Uh, I think we've got time for maybe one more. Is there anything, Texter says, that dictates when you should trade in a car for a new one? I have a 2011 Ford Edge with 85,500 miles on it. Does mileage indicate when to trade it in? There's nothing major wrong with it.
0: Yeah, no. I think trading in a vehicle would only be personal preference. Uh, once you've had a vehicle for a long time, most of the depreciation, or at least all of the expensive depreciation, has, always, has already happened. So an older vehicle that you're driving and is dependable and that you are comfortable with uh, is for sure the cheapest way uh, to get around. And uh, so my recommendation would be unless you want a new car, especially with 85,000 miles, that's not many miles anymore. No, it's and true. And so unless you want a new car and, or unless it start is getting unreliable, uh, I would say there's no reason to trade it in.
1: Yeah, and I know you guys at Lloyd's will keep it running for sure. Yeah, that's uh, true. Speaking of which, Dan, thanks for your help today. We've got to uh, make our way out of here, make way for Jack Farrell. But for folks that maybe need your help at Lloyd's, how do we get in touch with you guys?
0: Well, come on over, Denny. We are at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or give us a call, 651-228-1316.
1: What do you say we do a show again next week at this time? Are you you ready will. for Great. that All right. Yep, thanks. Perfect. Thanks, Dan. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Stay tuned next for Jack Farrell's Wine Chat. Then get those lawn and garden questions ready for Mary Meyer from the U of M in the 8 o'clock hour. That's all straight ahead here in News
0: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.